0: Welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece.
1: And I'm Peter, your other co-host.
0: You almost forgot to come in again. You've been good lately, but, uh, slipping. You're slip
1: Yeah, well, slipping is kind of a... that's an trace Alright. <laughs> Moving on.
0: <laughs> I'm actually not gonna fight this at all. Welcome, the, listeners, that's to, a fair point. <laughs> to our episode of Timeline, or on Timeline, Michael Crichton's...
1: Nope, we're uh, gonna read Timeline to you. I book? hope you didn't read it already. <laughs>
0: Peter and I have prepared (laughs) our interpretation of the novel. I will Uh, be working on our accents all week. I will be
1: playing uh, Kate and Claire.
0: (laughs) That that fits. I will of course be Merrick and Oliver. Yes, of course. And there's no other characters. We will be skipping Chris and the Professor, and also Donaghy. And also (laughs) kind of the heart of the whole thing in his own shitty way. And Gordon. Gordon's alright. Gordon can hang. I'll be Gordon, and you'll be Gordon. Yeah. Um, Alrighty. Uh, that's fine. Okay, so are you ready? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, I'm not going any further down this road. So, <laughs> Peter, how did you enjoy your revisit of timeline?
1: Um, it's really everything I remembered it being. Honestly, <laughs> it's such a good book. It's one of my favorite Michael Crichton books by far. Yeah. It's just, it's a rich book, and it's got some pretty trippy science um most of it's not you know generally speaking still accepted wisdom but at the time of (laughs) writing it was a little bit uh, closer to you know conventional
0: i mean i don't even feel like Crichton does a point of this very often but in this book in his acknowledgments at the end he's like i mean this is a novel you guys get that right it's a novel (laughs) don't hold me to any of this i've never heard him do that
1: before but in the end it (laughs) was like listen guys i tried my best
0: there's really not a secret company that i know of transporting people to other dimensions that are also very much like ours and and have um historical figures from our history in them
1: uh that sounds like someone that knows about a company like that would say
0: that does sound like that, and that's why he tried to put us off his show on his acknowledgements, but we are on to him.
1: We are too clever for Michael Crichton.
0: <laughs> Uh Yeah, basically. I've heard he's a real dumb-dumb, honestly.
1: Yeah, big idiot, really.
0: <laughs> he is big. He's like 6'6", or something stupid. Really? Yeah. Just good. a little fun fact.
1: <laughs> good, good for him. That's a weird fun fact to know.
0: I mean, he's also dead, I think. Yeah, yes. he's definitely dead. He is dead. <laughs> yeah, so... He was 6'6. Anyway. <laughs> ske- the Skeleton of Michael Crichton is 6'6. I hope you guys aren't mad because it's like kind of a history, like a historical fiction novel. Yeah, we're fucking
1: with you As again. Well. We don't do Name of the Wind, Break from genre, <laughs> and now we're back to fuck with you again.
0: People say I- that this is a sci-fi book, and so we went with it. Yeah, I mean And we there is say a that. lot of science in it, but honestly, he skips over it more than I thought he did. Like he doesn't quite at it, but he kind of yaddy at it
1: he adiaz it once you get to you know the middle like the medieval times
0: but like for the first and again i'd listen to this on audiobook so i'm gonna talk about it in those terms but for the first two hours it's like hey there's this guy he's injured and like that's i guess kind of sci-fi um but then it's just kind of like hanging out with grad students in the south of france and it's very confusing (laughs) I don't really know where this is going, and I know it's Michael Crichton, so science is going to happen, but when? When is my science? I, he even tries to make it, like, a more sciencey archaeological day. And, like, listen, I'm not saying that there's no science in archaeology. There's a ton of scientific techniques that are super crucial. But uh, a lot of it's just kind of like, I'm looking at this chapel and drinking wine with my stockbroker friends <laughs> who are on it's vacation.
1: So, it's so weird.
0: Wait, and like, I feel like he's just trying, he's just trying to build up the characters, you know? Which is fair. I, don't I mean, feel like... at the
1: end of the day, Michael Crane's a novelist before anything else.
0: Yeah, no, he is. And he's not really too bound by the genre, or at least he doesn't let himself be in this particular book.
1: I would say at the time he was even helping to define the genre. I mean, he... Yeah. I
0: definitely. feel like too many
1: sci-fi books are just about the science and just about like, oh, here's this weird thing and here are some underdeveloped crappy characters
0: and Some are just about the fiction.
1: Yeah, I think Michael Crichton does like, a <laughs> good job of uh, of walking the middle and go like, look, here are these cool, relatively interesting characters, and yes. um, here's some science shit that just kind of he frames his story in science rather than making the story the science.
0: That's true. Yeah, and I, I think it's 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 got a really good balance. I mean, and in this book, it's interesting because the whole The whole story is very much built on science, but it's kind of like if you read a book that was set in the future, but it wasn't about the future, it was about like this family or like this group of coworkers in this case, that type of a thing. Right, right. And like the world is built by the science fiction part, but the the story isn't actually about the science fiction. I feel like that's kind of what this is.
1: Yes, which, you know, I mean, not everyone is really into. Some people listen to the or read the sci-fi because they want to conceptualize and theorize and have these thoughts about what science is like in the future, but when you just want to read a good story and you're also a sci-fi fan, it's a welcome break.
0: Yeah, I, and I like both, you know? Yeah. Especially because we've obviously been hitting a lot of sci-fi really hard this year.
1: Yeah, you've cl- <laughs> regular read a lot rate. of sci-fi.
0: Yes, it's been a big sci-fi year for us, not that we didn't read a bunch before, but I think not as relentlessly. <laughs> yeah, I usually... When I'm reading kind
1: of on my own, I mostly alternate between like sci-fi fantasy or some nonfiction sprinkled in there. Yeah. It's a better balance than what it's been for the last, you know,
0: year and a month. (laughs) So don't you ever say we don't do nothing for you? Yeah, the sacrifices we make for you guys, honestly. (laughs) So ungrateful. (laughs) (laughs) No, but obviously we love it. And And you never once email us. (laughs) Please email us. oh god Uh, so anyway yes i i do feel like i (laughs) we would never beg us we never beg um (laughs) but no i feel like the it is kind of like refreshing and i think it still counts as sci-fi because again the whole world is built by that but Mm -hmm. um it definitely breaks away and it's cool to like to learn about history and so on and so forth. And I felt like Creighton really had a message to deliver about the middle ages.
1: Yes. I, um, what was that phrase that Andre used? It was a temporal provincial, uh, (laughs) which I thought was one of my favorite terms or phrases, I guess.
0: He called him self-temporal provincial.
1: No, no. He calls most people, he called the stockbrokers particularly temporal provincials. Who thinks oh. that their time is clearly what the most important? And, like, yeah, the past is a thing, but it doesn't really matter. Oh, it yes. has no bearing on the present
0: because it's not happening right now. So, yeah, oh, can call yes. That was a very good term.
1: That's a very good term.
0: Everything Merrick does is very good.
1: That is true. Merrick is generally known as the best character. Obviously. So, you know? Undeniably.
0: He's so cool. <laughs> But no, this is again something that shows up in the acknowledgements where he's like listen, people think that everyone seems to think that just because time is marching forward we're getting better as a species and as a society and improving and learning and so we're smarter and more virtuous and more enlightened than we were before. And I mean, anyone who's been around for the last couple years, I feel like our country was probably doing better in those senses. Maybe like five six years ago
1: yeah five six i mean definitely like 15
0: <laughs> uh, i don't know there was probably a lot of islamophobia 15 years ago oh that's fair but it, i feel like it dipped for a minute and now it's back <laughs> in force
1: yeah well i don't think it ever really went away
0: it dipped <laughs> i said dipped yeah it lagged it, well, um, it got hidden
1: underneath all the positivity that darn positivity yeah <laughs>
0: damn damn it just always sneaking prejudice in underneath (laughs) (laughs) it was terrible uh yeah but no i think that and that's just that's just like on the short term and i don't think he's trying to say that like the middle ages were a better time to be alive by any means but as we find out merrick's had this like great life stuck in the middle ages not to jump around too much but (laughs) or to jump directly to the end before we talk about anything else in the story and that's it good episode guys (laughs) And uh, yeah, 10 minutes. Here we go. (laughs) But no. um, (laughs) But America obviously had a great life. And then he died in his 50s, which was a ripe old age at the time. And he was like, I have no regrets. And so, I mean, happiness and peace can be found in any era. And people can be good or evil in any era. And just because we we know more now than we did then doesn't mean we're any wiser. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's like there's basically, for lack of a phrase, there's gonna be dicks in any time. But you know what? Truth. Some of them, sometimes they're better. Sometimes people are better, and sometimes people are bad. And (laughs) shit just sucks (laughs) all the time. Life's not important.
0: You okay? (laughs) You wanna talk about what's going on?
1: (laughs) This is a great medium for that. (laughs)
0: It was really letting out my frustrations with humanity here.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Do you want to talk about
0: the story a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I want to keep talking about Merrick, honestly. Um, Yes, I'm for it. I love when they're, like, describing Merrick's kind of historian. Like, it's classic Michael Crane. Like, he's part of a new age of historians. (laughs) (laughs) The living historians. You're so right.
0: (laughs) There has to be a radical... Uh, uh, something in every book. Yeah. Chaos
1: Mathematics
0: <laughs> Chaos Math <laughs> where Living he's like, History. Yeah, where he's like a rock
1: star and then now he's living history, this like super muscular, <laughs> handsome looking dude.
0: I know. He's like such he's such a nerd, but he's like the leading man. Especially when Chris is the other man to choose from, but we'll get to him.
1: Yeah, and he's just kinda useless for the first, I don't know, half the book.
0: Yeah, and then like has a turnaround for no discernible reason.
1: Yeah, well we'll talk but, about um, him in
0: a minute. But I love Merrick's like ah uh, yes I am a
1: I'm a longbow like I know the longbow really well. Um, I'm learning broadsword
0: fighting like. Well it's funny because I think even the like the book knows he's silly because yeah. Kate's like laughing at him when he's like if you want to kill a man, and she's like oh come on, All right, <laughs> you ever gonna shoot a man in the neck and then she does later on because she's awesome (laughs) um but yeah it's so funny i mean and it really illustrates that like he he could survive in the 20th century but he didn't belong there really he belonged in the middle ages for whatever reason he just did
1: i mean hey everyone's got their thing apparently merrick knew his like if
0: only we were all so lucky yeah if only we all had merrick's conviction yeah Let's all. let's all. Aspire to that. I want to be more. Not like Not necessarily Merrick. to being trapped, willfully trapped in the Middle Ages. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't want that. Or do that. Like whatever your cup of tea is. I mean, if that's your. I mean, if you're a Merrick, live a Merrick life. You know, be a Merrick. <laughs> it's so much better than being a Maverick.
1: <laughs> you just said that because it sounded
0: funny. But that is what. That, that that is what people will think. It says on your bumper sticker. But... <laughs> those who know will know it says be i want
1: a bumper sticker that says be America <laughs> i want something to to don't me don't be a
0: chris be americ
1: don't be a chris let's just stop there don't be a chris
0: <laughs> just piss off the Chris's of the world <laughs> listen if there's one thing i want to teach my children <laughs>
1: it's to not be a chris
0: don't don't be a Chris. I mean, Peter, you and I have nieces and nephews. <laughs> Look we up have to us. really
1: make sure that they understand this important lesson. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. In a world of Chris's, Sorry, be a Merrick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna go get that tattoo, here.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Is there places oh, like custom temporary tattoos? <laughs> Like I want like a mail order website <laughs> and a, and I want a bunch of those patches, and then I want to distribute them.
0: <laughs> uh, that's a great idea. We can get mom to embroider it on stuff. Oh my god, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk offline. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> T- take this one. Uh, take this one offline. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did find it, uh, like, slightly unrealistic that Merrick could hold his own against, um, like, actual medieval knights. And, I mean, he got tired and they weren't like, oh, he's better than them or anything. But I feel like no matter how passionately he trains in the modern day, he's just training against, like, other historian nerds and not, like, anyone fighting for their lives.
1: Yes. No, you're right. Um, my best guess, though, as far as his training was concerned... I feel like he probably found like a like a fencing master that teaches saber.
0: Maybe like, that's my no. But he literally says at one point he's like, "I'm late for my broadsword lesson." Yeah, and no. He goes off to his maybe to do lesson. that. And like, how did he find a broadsword teacher? Huh? I mean, he's in France. He is. Do they teach broadsword in France? I should have researched yeah, this. Yeah, that's I'm why sorry, they lost. Over I should have searched for. <laughs> They're all practicing with their broadsword. <laughs> They're all using their broadsword. The Nazis game. And they're like, ah! <laughs> and they're <their> longbows. <laughs> and they got shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where did you get
1: the fire weapons? No,
0: the, the Brits were the longbows. What? The bows were, were the English. I feel like everyone had bows. Maybe not British Yeah, longbows. but, like, English... No, yeah, British... British Peter, longbows. you've played I Age of Empires. I Mars. know and I love you it. You know English longbowmen, oh, yeah. Elite longbowmen are man. the Ar- undisputed lords of the sky. The most broken... You, all right, guys, here's some... Welcome to the
1: Age of Empires 2 fancast. The most broken <laughs> unit in that game are the Elite Longbowmen. <laughs> they have, like, the same rage as Trebuchets.
0: It's insane. <laughs> Endless. They are the new military power. Yeah. Um, Merrick
1: knows. Actually, but that was really interesting. Because thinking about the time when, like, Chivalry, well, chivalry was dead, but like then the knight class was dying out and just trying to right. get their hands on everything, and the peasants were like, "No, you fuck off. You're the worst. We got this." Yeah, they're
0: like, "Actually, we can f- kill you really well from over here." Yeah, just like I'm over here and I'm gonna kill you, like from a. Have fun with your fancy horse, though. For I will real. not come to you. <laughs> I will
1: kill you from here.
0: Oh, honor? No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. I've got a family. To feed, uh, yeah, I've so. got dinner. <laughs> Gail's making a roast. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> she invented the
1: crock pot. <laughs> it's just a crocodile's jaw. <laughs>
0: That's so stupid. <laughs> Why am I laughing? <laughs> <laughs> It'll just encourage you. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh god help us um
1: no oh. we be <laughs> but yeah I,
0: I thought that sort of stuff I mean it didn't really move the story along but it was still really interesting it was flavor it, so I'm glad it was there it was flavor exactly and also, like, it, novel's gotta have flavor it added to the kind
1: of the Michael Crichton trying to hammer home the importance of the past like you look at well actually I was, ma- I was ripping on the French earlier French are a great example of this though after world war one everyone's like all right static defenses trenches all right um basically that's that's the shit tanks were awful in world war one so they're like tanks are useful but like lumbering slow weapons they don't really matter like static defenses were world war one's thing so what did the french do they said we're not gonna get fucked again we'll build the Maginot line they built the Maginot line oh they got fucked Because the Maginot Line didn't cover the entire border of France. It covered um, just a section of the border, and that's why the Germans went through Belgium. Because they didn't build the Maginot Line along the border with Belgium. They fucked up.
0: Yeah, they did fuck up. Why were you, like, raking on the French so much? So the
1: fact of the matter is, though, they had this massive static defense, and if they had been investing in tanks and all that, like Charles de Gaulle wanted them to... They would have been prepared for because then they would have gone. Oh, our other borders being attacked and moved their troops and their like mobile fortresses, the tanks over to that border. They probably wouldn't have won. The Germans were kind of ruining everyone, but they would have put up a much. But better they could have had a better shot. Then like yeah, a three weeks and then the Germans were. They would in have Paris. gone down fighting. Yeah, but
0: yeah, you look at they just they just put their faith in the wrong technology. Exactly. Then you look at like the British
1: or the French knights who were as. Andre put it, were we like, charging into hails of arrows from British longbows. i just getting Yeah, wrecked. we're just getting absolutely destroyed because they have no chance against, like, a, a sky darkened by three-foot-long shafts.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of tragic, in a way, to think about. Um, like, you've staked your entire identity on your knighthood and your honor and your chivalry and all that stuff, and and... Just sort of a, a simple advancement in military technology completely unseats your supremacy. You no longer matter, even. And you've invested so much in this life and your reputation's built on this life, so now what? What do you do? You can't become a longbowman. that's commoner work. Yeah. So you just parade around and boast and make a big fuss. And charge peasants' but taxes. But it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Yes. <laughs> You've got your expensive armor,
1: you got your expensive horse and all that. You've got your retinue to feed.
0: Eat gross uh, subtleties.
1: Yeah, so what do you do to kind of pay for all this shit? You go to war. You ransack the countryside. So. Yeah. I mean, that kind of is why when it, one of the reasons why historians think this age actually happened. And that's a thing that that's, I know and I didn't just learn from Michael Crichton. Like, So I know that one's true. And many historians do think that's why it happened.
0: What, the, the Middle Ages? Well, no, I'm saying like. What, what age? The
1: Middle Ages and like a lot of the, the horrible violence that happened during the time was because knights were trying to cling desperately. Stay, relevant. stay Yeah, stay relevant. Exactly. Like, you know when um, celebrities do <laughs> yeah. ridiculous shit and you're like, haven't heard so them in a while, and then the next week they're like. Dro- when Zelo like, Hands yeah. reality show. Like, Staying <laughs> on top of the Hollywood sign. Shit like that. Um, <laughs> did she do that or you just make that yeah, shit yeah you can't tell can you I can't tell that's the problem Lindsay get <laughs> <laughs> your shit together <laughs> Lindsay Lohan but no totally just desperately clinging to relevance fortunately
0: <laughs> Lindsay
1: what? Lohan you are a high profile listener
0: yeah sorry Lindsay, l- Lindsay but not sorry us, guys. I- you need to hear this Lindsay <laughs> we say this because we love you <laughs> Lindsay's the only one who emails us <laughs> we care we all saw The Parent Trap, and you were amazing. Oh,
1: my God. I was thinking about that today, actually.
0: <laughs> anyway. That's really weird.
1: All right. Um, um, so. Andre. So, it do you want to talk about Chris? Um, let's do Chris, yeah. Let's kind of balance it out. We'll do one cool character Chris and one shitty,
0: awful, crappy character. Sucks. <laughs> like, I couldn't handle how stupid he was. It honestly... Took me out of the fiction at times, how stupid he was. I was literally, I was actually mad at Chris. I was like, bitch, I don't know anything about the Middle Ages. And I know you don't pick up a fucking gauntlet. What is wrong You're with also you? You're a historian. You're <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah. a historian. I don't know shit about it. You are a Yale graduate student in history, working on your thesis about the Middle Ages at this exact place in this exact era. And you picked up a gauntlet. You idiot what the hell Ugh. oh my I'm, god and he's like "Ooh, what's wrong and merrick's like you i told you shit. not to do anything <laughs> you poor i think he literally says you poor idiot like yeah merrick you're right <laughs> he's a poor <laughs> idiot <laughs> and then even even things like when claire asks him you're gentle and it's like yeah she obviously means are you a gentleman and he's like yeah, yeah i'm gentle <laughs> totally real gentle <laughs> so uh, yeah i'm a gentle guy <laughs> He is. I, I wrote down that he's the obligatory Michael Crichton child. Like <laughs> if you so know all the Jurassic Park books have a child. Chris is that child. Yeah. <laughs> Where like he's mostly a burden for a while, then eventually he does a couple useful things. That's Chris. <laughs> the obligatory Michael Crichton child. Um,
1: you're <laughs> right though, and it's very annoying. Cause like he's at, but he, as much as I hate him, he's a kind of a good character. Well, Why? so like he's got a, a noteworthy backstory, right?
0: Yeah, like, kind of. No, his parents I died.
1: It's the same backstory as Batman.
0: Yeah, but I didn't see any of it. <laughs> I think he's Batman. Batman. <laughs>
1: Batman. You know, Chris Hughes, Batman's other name.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, so he has a fairly interesting. Okay, backstory. so you yeah, like
1: that, and then he like mm. I think
0: it's I think it's a
1: cool relationship with Professor Johnston that he like. But, but yeah, he's it's like a father, father figure, because, like, his father's not alive anymore. But, like, yeah, he's nice. also an idiot. Because, you know, like, you know, the, the, he's a big, talking fat about dummy. all that shit with, like, women in college and stuff like that. And then he, like, got into trouble, oh, and he God, almost got yeah. expelled. And, yep. yeah.
0: But, I mean, that's, like, that's okay, because that's just him acting up because his parents died or whatever. Like, I can forgive all of that. It's honestly just his stupidity. Well, yes, yeah, so
1: then you get... <laughs> to now and like in fairness to him he's like he he knew he wouldn't be able to hack it he tried not to go
0: a little bit yeah
1: yeah America's he, like no ha ha Chris very funny come on you will be fine good joke Chris excellent joke now step in the
0: pad <laughs> we're going you know how much fun you're gonna have Chris but like Stern had, Stern had a reason to back out you do not yeah Stern's like, You're I'm not weak. a
1: historian. I'm a physicist. And everyone's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, cool. Uh,
0: They're like, yeah, good idea. You stay here, yeah, Stern. Good call. Well, Stern saved the day.
1: So, you know, it was a good call.
0: He really did. Kind of a couple times. He had, like, a pretty crucial role hanging yeah. back. Um, but anyway. But then Chris's sudden turnaround, though. Now, why do you think he had that? What do you think was the catalyst for that? Uh... Was it figuring out that Claire was using him? I don't think so.
1: What do you think You it know was? how Kate had that time when she, like... Well, I think it was when she got grabbed. And she was, like... And then she got in away, way, and she was, like, well, the worst happened. And, like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, fuck it. I made it.
0: <laughs> I got through that. I can get through the rest Chris of this. Because kind of, like... It didn't turn
1: around, but, like... I feel like his development kind of started when he got knocked on his ass off the horse. Like, yeah, he was bitching and moaning about, and he was like throwing up, but like, I don't know. He stopped being like yeah, a wet He stopped rag being like the, literally the worst
0: thing ever. Which <laughs> was a nice refreshing good. break. Don't be the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I mean, so I feel like. Yeah, that's probably a good yeah, call. He probably had that point. He starts trying. I mean, the first time I remember being like, oh, good on you, Chris, was when he um, figured out that somebody else had a earpiece. Yes. Yeah. Because he started doing clever shit. That was, I feel like, the first time I was like, oh, good job. And that might not necessarily have been the first time he was useful, but that was the first time I noticed him being useful. Well, like, I
1: think it was interesting that he was just kind of like, all right, starting to think about the situation a lot better. Because Chris clearly isn't an idiot. Like, you can't, like, no matter what his relationship with Johnston is, you can't be a grad student at Yale ball, an idiot. Yeah, that's true. So... You know, he clearly has some intelligence. He's just freaking the fuck out. So I think that was a good wake-up call for him. Be like, alright, chill. It's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, it sucks. But it's not that bad.
0: Yeah. Truth. That's a good point. It's sort of like, hey, you already got fucked and you're fine, actually. So, carry on. Just sort of do your best here, champ. And he really did. I mean, like, he really turned it around. He did do his best. Yeah. not only figured out that
1: someone was using the... That uh, microphone or the hang on near earpiece, but conveyed it to the team or to Andre specifically. Kate didn't know, but conveyed it to Andre in a way that was very subtle. And Andre, being the absolute best thing ever, was like, "Oh, got it, understood. Like, no problem. Knew exactly what was going
0: on." Andre was <laughs> like, flawless. He did nothing he wrong the, the whole best. time. The only possible like what would the we have only done possible
1: him? fault with Andre is his immediate infatuation with Claire
0: yeah that's true but he's he's like a chivalrous knight that's his whole thing like even in the modern world he had the whole code of chivalry thing so like the idea of falling instantly in love with a woman who's like just doing her best out here is kind of textbook merrick you know
1: yeah absolutely and it kind of it makes sense i i started <coughs> jumping back to merrick real quick though i did forget this i thought one of the kind of more important parts of when they were kind of really fleshing out Merrick's character is when they were talking about like how one of the reasons why he was an outcast wasn't just his obsession with medieval times or with his love of you know, really living in the history, but because he like had a code of honor and like it made it see- it was basically phrased like Merrick had morals that he held to and he was kind of an outcast for that.
0: <laughs> I, I like, mean oh. that's a bummer, huh?
1: That's a real bummer, but on the other hand, like, you see that.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think that having morals makes you an outcast. I mean, especially these days. Maybe, like, in the 90s it would have made you seem, like, kind of a weak man. But I feel like today everyone's got morals. <laughs> like, I think and, that's a strong and, word. And they have them. <laughs> no, I mean, like, a personal code of, like, this is what's okay and this is what's not okay. And, like, if I see something wrong, I'm going to do something about it. You know what I mean? I think that that's, like, a much more mainstream uh, attitude. I mean,
1: I don't think so.
0: You don't think that's where, like, the s- whole social justice warrior thing comes from, a little bit? Well, that's a, that's a few outliers. That's true, but if they're there's loud.
1: <laughs> they're very vocal outliers, because the internet has the unfortunate way of making stupid people able to be louder. It's just a megaphone. But yeah, it is a horrible megaphone for the screeching.
0: Okay, but let's not be negative about it. Like, uh, you know, the Me Too movement, and, like...
1: Mm-hmm. No, you're right. There is definitely positive parts of it. I, I, Yeah. Social Justice Warrior has a very negative connotation in my mind, typically.
0: Yeah, I know. It's like social poaching. But anyway. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Like this isn't about that. Stuff like that.
1: This is not our <coughs> hate podcast and shit like that. <laughs> or my hate podcast. Your meh podcast,
0: apparently. Mine. Um, I refuse to be. <laughs> to go you refuse too far to down take the hateful stand. road. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Merrick. No morals. It's because I don't have a code. And that's why Merrick would hate me. Oh. <laughs> But, no, my point is it's not really about that. But I'm saying, like, I think that people being, like, this is my code and, like, I'm not going to stand for things that go against it. I think that's, like, that's much more common these days. Maybe. But,
1: I mean, I don't think so. You see, like, things like the studies where, like, no one calls the police when they see something. Shit like that. Mm. Like, that's still very much an issue. I think that there's – I think it has to do with the polarization. Like, everything's getting more polarized. I think uh, some people, some small few, are getting way more vocal and, and very much active about it, which is good in many ways. Mm-hmm. And it the vast majority of people are just not.
0: Which yeah. is
1: not a not good, good thing. Or <laughs> which is less it. good. Yeah, exactly. You can be very vocal and it can be a very positive thing for the world.
0: Um, you can't be very nothing in it being positive. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's true. He can't be just completely un- non-reactive. Which is one of the
1: reasons why I love Merrick so much.
0: Yeah, that's true. He he has he has a code, like you said. He just has a code, and it's sad that he has been made an outcast for it. But he found his people in the end. Yes, he maybe had to go a little far for it, but he found them. And it was really modern chivalry too, because I feel like Claire did some shit that a actual knight of the Middle Ages would have been like, nope. <laughs> but Cut because her head off. Yeah. Stone her Throw her in the river But because Merrick was like Sort of a modern knight In his own special way He uh, was able to look past that How do we feel about Claire by the way? Um
1: I have mixed feelings about her On some levels I admire her Cause like You know Merrick's right And she was right when she left the Abbot's room Like You don't really have a leg to stand on it's incredibly hard being a woman in that time, right? And you don't have a lot of advantages, so you should take advantage of the ones you have.
0: Totally true, and but my problem with her is that I couldn't figure out like what was true, and what was false about her. Yeah, she like, was really
1: all over the place, and I could I don't think I could ever trust her. Which yeah, apparently Merrick did, but I guess if you go years along along that, it worked it out helped. for him. But yeah, I mean, it worked out great for him apparently, but.
0: But yeah, I found it hard to feel bad for her if she actually had anything to do with the murder of her husband. But then again, maybe your husband was a huge shitbag. We don't know.
1: Yeah, or maybe she had nothing to do with the murder and it was just a bad rumor that was started. Like,
0: yeah, there's so and, many
1: possibilities.
0: Yeah, or like there were threats to her made by Sergei. Like, there's all sorts of things that could have happened. Like, we don't actually know Claire's story at all. But, I yeah. mean, she had a happy life with Merrick afterwards, so that's good.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But I mean I don't like I don't obviously judge her for doing whatever she gotta do to get by because you know girls gotta eat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Preferably with people she likes and not people she despises.
1: Exactly. So you know, it's um she's a complicated character for sure. Definitely. And but like But I think
0: she was an important character to show for that time.
1: Yes, I can agree with that. Okay.
0: Um Do we wanna talk about Another Woman? Yeah, let's talk about Kate. Kate's um, kick ass.
1: Yeah, Kate's pretty badass.
0: Especially because I'm not sure that she's not an undergraduate. Um, it was not. I don't I'm think it was ever sure stated. She's an undergrad. Yeah, I think she's an undergrad. So she's like super young, like younger than anyone else who's there, and just kind of deals with it super well. Like Merrick obviously has an easy time because he's always half lived in that era. Chris has a shit time because he's a shit person. <laughs>
1: yeah, because he's a big baby
0: this is a big baby man but like kate <laughs> is just rolling with the punches like, it's like this okay. is crazy i'm not psyched about any of this but like hey put one foot in front of the other we're just gonna deal and she's my hero is what i'm saying
1: it long story short this is my ted talk about why kate is my hero
0: she's the true hero of this story she's just awesome and like I... using her climbing skills from growing up in colorado she's super cool She's got a cool.
1: uh, She's got a cool little story there, because like, yeah, she had that. She switched from architecture, which is like a—that's a pretty cool major. But I love her. She's like, yeah, I switched because honestly, like, it was all boring. Like, no one, no one went to innovate or try new things. They're all just like, let's use these lines. (laughs) She's like, fuck that.
0: Yeah.
1: And then switched to history, which like I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, especially among the population that we um, produce a podcast for, at one point or another consider switching their major to something. Pretty much unemployable, but like something that they're actually interested in.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, basically.
1: And yeah, like I like, I don't wish I, had sw- I definitely don't wish I had switched, but I would have loved to have taken more history classes. Maybe gotten a yeah. minor in history.
0: There was a brief moment where I was like, I think I'm gonna double major in history and bioengineering, and everyone was like. Why? That's a bad idea. <laughs> they said that's a bad, bad idea. I was like, "You're right. Stupid, stupid, CC. Stupid, CC. That's a bad. CC. Not revisiting that one ever again. <laughs> There's
1: one but there is a minute. I mean, because it's interesting in many ways, I and mean, we don't yeah. want to
0: be—we uh, don't want to be temporal provincials. We do not want to be temporal provincials. We try not to be. Although I have such a bad memory, so I would have been a terrible historian. Like I have a really bad memory for details. But
1: um... my favorite thing about most college classes is. Or college hist- history classes it's like they're not so much worried about the dates because you can just look that up. They're worried about yeah. like the trends and how things interact with each other. Are you capable and, of like,
0: interpreting documents and
1: yeah? And this caused this, arguments. and how did this affect this? Like, true enough. That's what I really liked about college history.
0: True enough, but I feel like a temporal provincial about every era, including ones I've studied before.
1: <laughs> oh, that's not. good. But
0: not not willfully. I just am. Like I don't spend enough time on it, you know. But there's only so many hours in the day. But I certainly did not double major. In it. I pretty <laughs> yes. much did the opposite, Can which not, was put it on the back burner for the last eight years.
1: Can't stress enough. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, Kate is kick ass, and I the one part I don't like Kate the one time I don't like Kate is mm-hmm. when Chris is having his whole like revolution of character, and she's like mm-hmm. and I, I looked at him and I just fuck like I never looked at him before. I was like fuck that. That's I know. shitty shitty way to write a female character. That's Kate how you deserves that? better. Yeah. Kate's this kick-ass awesome woman that you wrote a, a, this great story for. And you gave her, like, a gooey, wide-eyed, like, puppy dog. Oh, wow, I saw him for the first time again. And, like, fuck that.
0: Wow, you really are a wonderful man, Chris. And then they get, like, together, and, and she's pregnant at the end. And it's like, come on.
1: I don't mind that they got together. Because Chris did have a significant character development, and we have to assume... He did. He was, although, he was
0: brought into his best self by the trip, for sure. I have to assume
1: that he it carried on back into the real world. Because I feel like that would be a real thing that would happen. You'd go back, you come, like You'd go back to the modern world, and you're like, that didn't happen, and then you would forget about it. Like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely be long-term affected by that. So, you know, I am... I like to assume that Chris's changes were permanent and Kate wasn't an idiot getting involved with him. I just hate how it happened.
0: No, I, I agree with that. It's like, the fundamental problem isn't that they ever got together. It was that she was like, wow, I'm seeing you for the first time. <laughs> like, while they're in this super dangerous thing where, like, the rest of the time she's just been taking care of business and all of a sudden she's all, like, doe-eyed.
1: Yeah, and then the next time you see her in the modern day, she's pregnant. Yeah. That, that yeah, has an air gave, of, like... She gave like, it up. <laughs> yeah, oh, just not kidding, huh? Like, yo. Know, I almost feel like a, a doting housewife thing kind of gets applied to K in the in the way that the ending happens. I have no evidence you, of that. I just feel no, that. No,
0: I totally know what you mean. It's kind of like um, spoiler alert for Enders Shadow. It's sort of like how oh, that God. entire Petra storyline goes, where I'm like, "You did this to Petra, Petra! You, you ruined Petra!" <laughs> She's like a 16, she's a teen mom now. Why did she do this? <laughs> of like, like seven children.
1: Show. It's insane. But like, I don't
0: Name. Spoiler uh, alert over. <laughs>
1: yeah, spoiler alert over. All right. Welcome back, guys that just skipped the exact amount of time they had to skip.
0: Good job. You were brilliant. You nailed it. Wow. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> now we just have to say that a couple more times so that no matter what time they skip forward into, they nail it and they'll feel good about themselves.
0: Welcome back. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but yeah. So
1: that's, that's Kate.
0: No, I, I can totally agree with that though, but either way, it did not, it did not ruin her. It just sort of was kind of, I judged Michael Crichton, not her exactly. <laughs> for that particular choice. I mean, that's usually
1: how I go with characters that were written by an author, See, I blame the author. Nah, no, not me. I blame characters a lot of the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'ma be honest
1: with it's you. It's okay, I'm still bad at like I'm still mad at Anakin for betraying the Jedi. Like, <laughs> I'll be mad at Anakin personally forever.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh let's talk about Doniger and kind of his whole thing. His whole deal. Yeah, um, Cece, what real life person did Doniger remind you of? I feel like you're really expecting a specific answer, and I'm nervous. I won't say this specific thing. <laughs> a really thing.
1: specific answer. I could be surprised if you don't say it. To be honest,
0: uh, uh, tr- Trump?
1: No, that's not who I was thinking of at all. <laughs> I was thinking of a smart person.
0: Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, Jeff Bezos? No, I'm thinking of Elon Musk. Elon Musk. I I said it first. Yeah? Did you? <laughs> That was, like, the first thing I thought of. I'm like, is Elon Musk that much of a dick, though? I didn't know. I uh, guess I mean, it's very been, possible. There's been
1: a whole rumor thing going on where he, like, um, apparently, like, tries to convince all of his employees at Tesla to work overtime for free and shit like that. Like, you have to believe in his uh, dreams to true. do it. And then, like, apparently his emails are all, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he has a very much a, a Steve Jobs-y workplace model.
0: Oh, yeah. Steve Jobs might have been the right answer, too. No, you're right. I feel like he's kind of um a little bit on the loony train. Yeah. I mean, and like yeah, he's a visionary, but he's also kind of crazy.
1: Unfortunately, he's like I think he's something we need. Like we the world needs an Elon Musk. I just wouldn't want to work for him.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And it's funny cuz like I still I would want to per- like contribute to his vision, but not directly. But like as a contractor. <laughs> But, like, as a, um, patron of his businesses, maybe. Like, I'll buy a Tesla when I'm rich. (laughs) I'll buy a Tesla when I
1: can't afford it.
0: But no, you're right. I can see the Elon Musk thing for sure.
1: Yeah, like, kind of... He's kind of,
0: like, abrasive and, like, undeniably a genius and kind of a prodigy, but...
1: And everyone knows um, that he's a genius, which is the annoying part. And, like, jumps from... So everyone puts up
0: with his shit because
1: of it. Jumps from, like, revolutionary technology to revolutionary technology... Like that's true. Elon Musk is currently running SpaceX and Tesla, and then they also bought, I think, Solar City, and they produce the solar tiles, um, like the ones yeah. that have, like
0: slate roofs that are that are kind of badass. Um, so basically, Michael Crichton predicted Elon Musk.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I think Michael Crichton spawned Elon Musk. I think his books created Elon Musk.
0: <laughs> Birth Elon Musk. Elon Musk read Timeline as a wee lad and was like, "That's what I want to be." Doniger seems like a great guy. <laughs>
1: he must did not have a dad. And so he read it's something really... about Doniger and was like, "Wow."
0: <laughs> yeah. No, let's hope he's not as like kind of murderous as Doniger, but we no, don't know, yeah, though. I see the comparison for sure. I just psyched myself out. I was like, it can't be that. It's got to be something else. <laughs> but um no, so he I I really enjoyed his relationship through the lens of Kramer cuz she's like she's not She's not an upstanding person. Like, she's still working for this guy who's clearly terrible and, like, actually dated him. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Just kidding, lawyers. We love you. We do love lawyers. Well, some of them, yeah. That's fair. (laughs) A a couple of lawyers. (laughs) Specifically, just our dad. (laughs) And probably a couple others, too, if given the opportunity. But anyway. (laughs) It's beside um, the point. So our opinion about lawyers (laughs) is She no, but she is kind of like she kind of is that quote unquote evil lawyer stereotype where she's like working for this private business and like helping them get it out of the consequences for their actions and all that jazz. That's But true. she still has a soul. Yeah, she's not like like, a horrible like, person. She,
1: hey, like, her and Doniger like aren't still dating. She's like, yeah, you're a really bad person. <laughs> but okay, yeah, she
0: did break up with him eventually, so she she's got that much going for her. I think you're more like
1: I can't date you, I can work for you.
0: Uh yeah basically she's like I'll take your money but um that's it <laughs> can't 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 have any further relationship than that sorry I do think she was an interesting character though I know I liked her and th- I mean she had that like whole ultimatum scene which is really what I'm thinking of where she was like yo if you really let this boy endanger himself like that in the hopes that he will be harmed I will leak everything and you you'll be done it's like hells yeah. How's your Kramer? I mean,
1: she has a line, and she really stuck to it, which is good. Yeah,
0: it's 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 a lower line than anyone else, but except Doniger. She's like, I'll follow you pretty far into evil, but not that far. This far, no farther. Yeah,
1: he's like, oh, you gotta take a joke. She's like, you weren't joking. I don't believe you, but okay. Yeah,
0: no, I, I really liked that moment where she was like, no. Don't think like, for
1: one second I believe you're bullshit. You're, you weren't joking.
0: I'll, I'll keep working for you, but I know you weren't joking. It's very much like a uh, stalemate, kind of. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Um. But yeah, no, I, I do think, I mean, again, back to the Elon Musk thing, like, Doniger is, he sees a lot. Like, he's very, very insightful. And he, you know, we kept getting versions of that pitch towards the end about how he was going to pitch the whole project. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I was kind of surprised by the direction it went. But I guess it would be super dangerous to, like, actually have historical tourism happen. Yes. so better to just like send people back and research it and make sure it's really accurate.
1: Yeah, um, which is honestly a more responsible way of doing it.
0: No, for sure. I was worried he's
1: gonna be like, all right, <laughs> we're gonna charge or like trillionaires, you know, a, a quarter of their wealth, but we'll send them back and bring them back. Like,
0: yeah, definitely. That's a re-
1: That's definitely a feasible business model. <laughs> like, kind of call a bunch of super rich people. Like, hey, do you want to go into the past? It costs five billion dollars ahead.
0: My question is, why weren't they going into the future? Because we can't be the fastest timeline.
1: That's a good point. And they already know that alternate but, Earths are more advanced than we are.
0: Right, because of that, like, literally, that whole section I tried to understand, and I was like, no, it's not happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. that when, <laughs> I know my limits. When we send people, like, when they send people back, they're not the same person. They're slightly different.
0: They're like from a different universe. Yeah, the only
1: difference. It's between like, our but universe. then
0: what happened to that universe's person? Yeah, I always. I, that. I still don't. Understand. Do they
1: just like keep sending people back? Like, fuck it, we'll figure it out eventually.
0: <laughs> Come here, Merrick, you're next. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then he still does um, broadsword of kills them all. Very, very but broads. but
0: the one the one part that I found really striking with Doniger is when he said authenticity will be the buzzword of the 21st century, and he's right. He nailed it. He was totally right. Like the whole the obsession with like organic, non GMO, free trade, uh, artisan, God, Michael crafted, should have been like, like an
1: entrepreneur instead. I know. Because he Could calls it on so a lot rich. of. Shit. I'm pretty
0: sure he was already super rich. That's true. But yeah, no, like, and yeah, I guess if I'm complimenting Doniger's insight, I'm complimenting Michael Crayton's insight. He he was totally on point. Like, people will get sick of all of the mainstream things that we have, and they're going to want something authentic that's, like, quote, unquote, not supporting corporations and so on and so forth. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty spot on, dude. Like that
1: trend of, like, straight from farmers to tables, restaurants and things like that.
0: Yeah, farm to table, exactly. All of that. And all of that's a obsession with authenticity. Also, when you talk
1: about, like, sorry, real quick, just when talked about, like, the processors that are going to be limited by how hot they'll get, that's a thing they're dealing with. What? Like, the heat off of processors is insane. So, like... W- w- there's a, hang there's on. There's a whole thing. Why? So, Doniger left the computing business because he knew that processor would, processors would reach their limit. Oh. So, he oh. sold his... I totally stocks. missed that comment. And he's right, because a lot of processors, like, their peak operating temperatures are above boiling water. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Like, they... Their optimal operating range is, like, 50 degrees Celsius. Oh, damn. Because they just... That's not about boiling water. No, but, like, their max temperature... Like, they'll operate up to 100. Oh, I see. And that's just what's, like, technically, like, on their spec sheet. Like, we know from overclocking that processors can exceed their specs pretty easily, in most cases, by a little, <laughs> little bit.
0: Right, that's true. I but... Oh, that's interesting. I didn't notice him saying that, but yeah. Yeah, he said that they're going to reach their another limit because they're
1: going to try to pack so much of it in a small space, and they won't be able to do it just because they won't be able to get heat far, fast enough away. Like, there's a reason why people well, water cool y- their computers.
0: Yeah, and there's a reason why they had to invent quantum computing to achieve the uh, the sort of necessary information breakdown, analysis, and transfer that they had to achieve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, sorry. I j- That's
0: like another example of incredible foresight. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I just didn't remember him saying that, I thought you were just talking. I was like, we never had that conversation. What are you talking about? No, it was
1: really early in the book when they were talking about Doniger's previous – like, his previous uh, –
0: Oh, yes. Okay. All right. I'm with you now. Yep. I am with you now. But I thought that um, it was also kind of a Michael Crichton theme, the idea of trying to sell authenticity but modifying it to make it what people expect and, like, want – because he had that whole scene where they were like, here's a video of Lincoln giving the Gettysburg address, and he's like, this sucks. <laughs> Lincoln looks like shit, and he sounds like he shit. He's got a squeaky voice. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is true, by the way.
0: <laughs> what? First-hand accounts
1: of Lincoln are actually, he had a very squeaky voice.
0: Yeah, I've heard that as well. And then there's the um, Washington crossing the he's Delaware. He's in the back. And- Yeah, of course, he's He's got a rest. (laughs) Yeah, he's cold and he's got a rest. He's a general, he's got to have his general brain working, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So it's ironic because he's like selling authenticity, but what he's actually selling is just people's expectations, which is just like Hammond in the Jurassic Park series where he's pretending that everything's, you know, quote unquote, authentic, but they have to modify it anyway. Yeah. To like make it reality. So he's never it's never really dinosaurs. It's never really like the same experience that historical characters would have gone through. It's just the sort of commercialized version. Which of that. is
1: hilarious because Doniger could have done that without inventing quantum teleportation. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to save totally billions right. of dollars in this because you wasn't gonna follow his research anyway
0: the great irony oh my god you're totally right like but i i wasn't even sure if he was planning on telling the public where he was getting this information I don't think he was or if he was gonna just keep doing that so then how could he guarantee that it was authentic like why did he care so much about making sure that it actually was historically accurate when he could have just had the historians do it i don't know
1: honestly i didn't notice this is the first time i re- ever went through this book but i was thinking about it this time i was like fuck this <laughs> He did not Fuck this just, You could have come up with a better Surrounding story Michael Crichton, Than he wants to sell Authentic <laughs> entertainment Like But I mean yes. Not to say Michael didn't. Even if it is yeah, a great prediction About the 21st the century head. Great job Michael Crichton. But like as, like as far as the story's concerned You could have told A slightly different story That better explained Why he had quantum teleportation And like yeah. time travel Not actual time travel No yeah that's, no. that's totally quantum
0: true time travel I thought that was an interesting um, sort of- Distinction? Solution to the time travel problem. Yeah. The idea that you're not traveling back in time in your own multiverse. You're just moving- or You know what I mean? Universe. Yeah. You're in part of the multiverse. You're changing to a different Um,
1: universe in the multiverse.
0: Yes, exactly. That is so similar to yours, but just at a different point in its history. So that way you can experience- that time frame without causing paradoxes in your own universe. Because I, I he goes through the great lengths to say, you know, you guys can't affect the the events of history. You have no power over them. Stop being so self-important. But I feel like really the reason that paradoxes aren't a problem is because you're doing them in a different universe. So like that future hasn't been decided yet. So I feel like you really can make an impact there. It's just that you'll never see it in your world because you didn't do it in your world you did it in someone else's world there's still a moral argument
1: to be made that it's wrong to change the his- like tra- change history
0: I mean yeah from like a prime directive perspective like you don't want to interfere with somebody's natural development but Although the
1: interesting part of this is they can go well like at some point some research group can be like um well Let's uh, figure out what happens when we change history and like introduce antibiotics right before the Black Death, and like <laughs> see what happens over the next couple centuries. Cause why
0: not? Bring the flu vaccine to uh the 1910s. Yeah, exactly. 1910s. teens.
1: Yeah. See how that uh, goes. Give over the it. Confederates automatic weapons. Like,
0: why the Confederates?
1: Um, because they lost the war. So I was changing history. If you gave the, U- I mean, okay, if you gave uh, okay, the Union one okay. weapons, they would have won faster, okay. But like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that would have mattered. The Union deaths. The
0: South Carolina <laughs> That's Rising true. Of what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I've you not seeing the Confederate flag in my room? Oh yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> this boy touch from into Philadelphia. The corner,
1: touch into the corner of the icon of our podcast. <laughs> Can't tell if you download it and pull it apart with Photoshop, but it's actually a layered image, and the back layer is the Confederate flag.
0: You know when we um sign off at the end? If you play it backwards, it says the South <laughs> <of us> again. <laughs> oh my god! That
1: was that was case the cake. All right, we gotta move on. That was that was the winner. Uh, yeah, we're done with
0: that. We, we've done everything we can do there. So, <laughs> small point. I have to make a small point. A lot of this book, suspense and action hinges on battery life predictions being one hundred percent (laughs) accurate, which is the true technological breakthrough of ITC. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Like wow, you guys have that. Like you ever been down to the? You ever been on a bus and been like, "crap, my phone's gonna die." But it's okay. It says it has two hours left, but it never does. It has like twenty minutes left.
1: <laughs> All right, can I offer a theory? That's
0: a mir- That that is a scientific miracle.
1: <laughs> can I offer a theory? Yes. Your phone, and any real electronic device, is a dynamic system. New processes mm-hmm. are being started and ended, so an estimate at any given time is not viable. So give your laptop and you just turn it on and you check your battery life because you're um, bustling across town on the bus or something or in your Uber and you're like, ooh, time for a quick game of Fortnite. And you open up Fortnite and you check your battery and it says, All right, two hours remaining. You're like, cool, cool. Open up Fortnite and your laptop dies in 20 minutes. Battery
0: instantly drops. dead yeah, it
1: just dies. <laughs> to 10%. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's because you add new load to it. I think the cages yes. are just... In standby mode, basically. They yeah, have a very consistent enough. electronic drain. Now, while that's probably not still accurate, they can probably better... Cr- it's a little bit They can more probably measure, like, how much current goes into the battery before it reads full, and they can give you a good estimate. True
0: enough, true now, enough. Now, I don't know
1: why they didn't tell the team that... Uh, what's her name? Um, Gomez. Gomez had a timer.
0: That seems like a big yeah to mention. You would think they would tell everyone everything because of the possibility that she would get decapitated immediately. Yeah, her body would be trampled. <laughs> Poor, Poor Gomez. Go- she was so she cool. She didn't deserve what she got. She was fucking great. I was ready to hang with her, and she was just gone in an instant. Yeah, I was so cruel. real ready for that. So cruel. As I life. don't know
1: why they didn't like <laughs> go back and be like, hey, we need new guides. The one you sent us got killed. I don't know why that wasn't an
0: option. Uh, That's super true. Like, they didn't know that the control room was destroyed at all.
1: Yeah. So I don't know why they weren't like... There, oh. There's a
0: lot of things... That's kind of a plot hole in, in the entire thing. Like, I get the idea of transcription errors build up after a certain number of trips. But A, they don't know that. And B, I don't think two trips is enough. So, like... It, oh, no, we can't get to the professor this time. Let's go back. Regroup. <laughs> come up with a new plan and then we can come back and get the professor. Like was it that they were just trying to get him out before um, Arno arrived? Yes.
1: But like even then that's plenty of time for them to try to figure out a solution to the water shields.
0: Hell, you could go back at night to sleep in a bed in <laughs> the Middle Ages again in yeah, the morning. Yeah. Use a
1: modern bathroom. Like
0: <laughs> yeah. Take a shower. Take a shower. Get those stitches cleaned up, Kate.
1: Eat some like I don't know Doritos. Your scalp's bleeding they all the Haven't been Doritos for centuries. Kate.
0: Kate's scalp endured a lot Poor of Kate's trauma. Poor Kate's scalp. Poor Kate's scalp. <laughs> all right, Peach. Do you want to start to? Uh... Well, we can get into the science a yeah, little we bit. Yeah, we were gonna, we were all prepped
1: for I quantum mean, computing. A very little bit. All right. First off, yeah. Quantum foam. There's not a whole lot of legs to that theorem.
0: Theory. It's pretty much just speculation. They're like, well, it might not be smooth at the quantum level. It might also be smooth. The universe, I Um, mean. We're not sure. It might be smooth. It might not be smooth. It's literally based on the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, apparently. So we're uncertain about it. So shouldn't inspire a lot. So what I'm saying is we don't know. (laughs) Like, everything based on the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Um, The whole thing, the whole principle is based on not knowing the answer. Um. (laughs) Based on being like, it is a shrug. (laughs) It's science's shrug so
1: so to some extent it makes sense and kind of th- lines up a little bit with the multiverse theorem because a lot of, of scientists have said that basically the multiverse space-time is like almost like an ocean and so like there's
0: Ocean's There's got some
1: likes that well other than that but like, not a lot. Well, <laughs> I like to think about it as... Oceans can have laminar, turbulent, or some mixture of the both flow. And so yes. maybe they learned how to punch through turbulent flow on the space-time level. Literally just bullshitting here. I have no idea. This is just a possible theory of mine. A guy who's never yeah. taken any actual f- physics training other than physics 1 and 2 freshman year. Um... We're more we're more applied physics, less yeah. I'm more. Hey, how many times is that gonna swing till it stops? <laughs> I'm kinetics I'm equations. Kinetics. I'm not even energy equations. Just the kinetics ones.
0: This is the kinetics. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have
1: left. And I'm kinetics equation and ANSYS. <laughs> anyway, um, but but quantum yes. computing. Quantum foam, and There's some good likes to that one.
0: Um, for, as yeah, it as it exists. exists,
1: IBM has commercialized quantum computing.
0: Yes, although it is not to the level, by Certainly my understanding, not. that Michael Crichton describes in time. For Life. the
1: record, they
0: really dropped that, like, in passing. They're like oh yeah so casually i mean so much so that i feel like when we were talking about this book you were like is there quantum computing in that yeah <laughs> i like yeah it was like, a big deal the
1: they're like yeah well so like there's no way you could process the whole human body it would take like warehouses full of processors they're like oh yeah no so we figured out quantum computing first and they're like oh and that was just kind of like oh yeah that makes sense cool good way of going about that
0: <laughs> yeah oh cool you did it. great well done <laughs> Like, ITC, why don't you not worry about time travel and just do this instead? Yeah,
1: a lot of people will pay a lot of money for something that can... That I I believe this terminology is right. A quantum computer with 25 qubits. I'm pretty
0: sure that's right. Maybe. <laughs> Listeners, if you know that's wrong, let but us But not know. everyone else that's listening. Don't tell them.
1: <laughs> It'll be our little secret. Uh, and we'll just casually say the right thing next time this comes up.
0: But for the record, um, one of the things we figured out in our research is that the statement of how many cubics make a uh, quantum computer is the same as saying if if n is the number of qubits, then 2 to the n is the number of superimposed states that it can uh, occupy. Right, Peter? Is that correct?
1: Um, yeah. Yes, that's right. So that would be well, 2 to the 25th for a, a 25-cubic computer. It's like how many combinations of states.
0: Yeah, but yes, yes.
1: That, that no you're right. Okay. That basically is the same thing.
0: That number is thirty-three thousand or thirty-three million five hundred and five fifty-four thousand four hundred. Sorry, that that's two to the twenty so. fifth. Oh god.
1: Uh, yes. So like thirty three million five hundred
0: and fifty four thousand four hundred and
1: three. I guess that line makes sense. They're like, yeah, no, our computer's like an atom.
0: And they're like, Oh cool. <laughs> like <laughs> All right. You get a lot of options with just kind of like one electron. Yeah, that's damn.
1: <laughs> All right, so just a quick thing, guys, though. Qubits are basically the quantum bit. So a bit in classical computing is like a 1 over 0. And so qubits, and I, I'll, I'll probably do an episode on quantum computing in the universe and you. Um, but, yeah, we, really, we really, should. really should. But the that's kind of the basics is there's a 0 and a 1 in classical computing. A qubit, though, is a measurement... Uh, Like quantum computing, where it can have a third state, a 0, a 1, or a superimposed 0 and 1. So, when you think about exponential growth, eventually uh, that adds up.
0: (laughs) Yes, just having one additional bit sort of option for your bit is gonna really build up over time to make your computing potential way, 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 way way higher, incomprehensibly higher. Now, So that's why they can, like, take down all the data for a human person and transmit it.
1: I I will say real quick, then the rest of it will be in my episode eventually, but, like, (laughs) it's not directly the same thing as classical computing, and honestly, classical computing will probably remain relevant for a long time. Yeah, because of costs, and because of the fact that you don't need a quantum computer for everything. In fact, in some ways, it has some disadvantages, even if it was at the same processing level as a classical computer. So.
0: Unless my life include some serious twists and turns there will never be a time in it where i require the use of a quantum computer or even could really be benefited yeah, exactly yet. there's definitely things today that could benefit as from long it. as i have a regular conventional computer that does itself well then i'll never need a quantum right. computer
1: but people that do like
0: it, i wouldn't like know the fema difference.
1: could probably use a quantum computer
0: it could for sure use a quantum computer. The CDC, the WHO, like... A lot of
1: these organizations that...
0: It would do wonders for modeling even, of all right. sorts. So that's just a little a
1: little tidbit about uh, quantum computing. That's a trailer um, for The Universe in You.
0: An episode yes. to be named later. <laughs> uh, on that note, Pete, should we start to wrap um, up? I just want to say real quick, David Stern, I love that the
1: fact that he's literally described as a computer geek that has, like, a physics background... And he saves everyone's asses. So we yeah. go
0: revenge, revenge of the nerd. Of the nerd. We take our vengeance by saving you. I mean, <laughs> all the cool historians who always made fun of yeah, classic cool historians. <laughs> he
1: showed that. I love academia when all the <laughs> nerds just make fun of each other. The dogs do <laughs> no, it. Stern right? being dominant.
0: It's a it's a happy place. <laughs> um,
1: but anyway, I just love I like Stern. I think he's a cool character. I think he's just like. This Stand's is not, pretty like, i like when they're going back and he's like this is not my specialty like i don't like listen guys can line. i tell
0: you yeah not this a historian not a historian i'll make them a dope cannon. yes it is kind of it's kind of weird that um merrick picked him to begin with but i guess he figured they were going to a tech company so he wanted somebody who could like yeah. translate all of that that's i think maybe that's the only thing i can and think also of. like
1: i don't think he was going yeah we're gonna go back in time
0: no, no, but I, when Gordon picked them up, he was like, okay, bring me, like, the people who are the most sort of competent and, like, can think on their feet and know this place and this era really, really well. And he's like, "Kate, okay, cool, 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 Chris, uh, who knows why. Um, and then Stern, you'll, you'll be good. You'll I be a good <laughs> either,
1: okay, so he didn't really have a lot of other options because he had a bunch of unnamed undergrad students, and then... He had like <laughs> the linguist who seemed like she liked to be reclusive in her little cave, and she would not, <laughs> she have, would gone, not have gone. <laughs> and who? That's basically it.
0: Yeah, I mean, not he much probably else. picked like the
1: graduate level people, or like the people, like the real, the real people. Because the way a lot of these things work is like the undergrads are mostly the just the workforce.
0: Assistance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, they do a lot of the mundane jobs. They, like, help the grad students and the professors do the actual work. It's a pretty universal thing My- across STEM, history, whatever. Like, that's how that breakdown works. Now, Kate apparently was a very above-average undergrad, but... If
0: she even was an undergrad, again, I don't think it's standard. We haven't
1: confirmed that. They just never confirmed she was a graduate student.
0: Yes. So, you know, that, that to me makes sense. Right for
1: sure anyway um wrap up yeah let's wrap
0: it up any final
1: thoughts um still an excellent book it holds up like the last time i read it well, i was probably 13 oh wow <laughs> it I, is
0: still great i've been a long I time i read time it last in michael college Crichton. i think i last read it when you were 13 or 14 also
1: yeah well because we both went through a michael <laughs> Crichton phase at the same time
0: Michael, it's always a good time for a Michael Crichton phase, honestly. Well, every
1: age is a good age for Michael Crichton.
0: <laughs> you hear that, five year olds who totally listen to this podcast?
1: Cool babies.
0: <laughs> All righty. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean the world to us for you to rate or review it on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever the opportunity is presented to you to rate or review our podcast.
1: Yes. Um, and a oh, quick, Oh, quick shout out. So CC and I, or this podcast is officially partially monetized. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to That's right. We have a listener who use our referral code and congratulations on completing your second month of podcast hosting. Um, yeah I'd actually really love If you could Hit us up. Yeah shoot us Like a link Or the name of your podcast That you use That you're producing Yeah we'll give you podcast, a shout uh, out uh, Cause we'll give you a shout out To our uh, very diverse And clearly Expansive listener base But also Yes we'll share really with you Our know listeners kind of What kind of people And what kind of Material they're creating That listen to the show So Absolutely Congratulations though On your second month um, If you're just starting out Good luck It gets hard sometimes Yeah <laughs>
0: Um, yes. Um if you guys want to get in touch with us, our email is sci fi sidebar or is it signify nothing network? It's signify nothing. I don't network. know what our email it, is. It, we recently changed th- email not- so we could like have it forever. <laughs> it's signify nothing network signify nothing network at gmail.com Email us there if you guys have any questions, comments, corrections, uh suggestions, if you have a podcast. Anything. Um even if you don't have a podcast, or- you can
1: suggest things.
0: Yes, even then. Um, Or facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar is where you'll get any announcements about um, our show. Cece, should we announce our schedule shift? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so
1: I am a senior in college, and things are getting a little bit crazy Um, between senior design, another major project class I have, finding a job, and getting good grades. Um, time's getting a little the tough. The worst of times. But also, more than that, Cece and I feel like we haven't had time to really pursue our other interests or other reading hobbies. You know, we were mentioning that we've read <laughs> so much sci-fi in the last year. Well, that's almost all I've read in the last year. Yes. So, between CC's full-time job... Especially
0: and- when we have so much else going on. Yeah, exactly. In real life. You don't want to start... So then your only reading time is... Yeah. Is still fun, but also still kind of work. Exactly.
1: So, we think we're going to shift... Back to that one month release schedule. This might not be permanent. We don't know yet. We just need a little time to collect ourselves, catch up on some other books that are piling up, and I need to get through college. Yeah, we might
0: just need to recoup, or we might find that it works better. Peter needs to get employed so he can buy books. Maybe even may get his own Audible account someday. Never. Anything could happen. No, I'll just buy books on your <laughs>
1: Audible account with my money, and then we both benefit.
0: Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a nice change of pace. Yep. <laughs> um yes but this will not apply for our next episode our next episode will still be out on the 25th of february um but the episode after that will be out uh four weeks later
1: yes so we're gonna still stick to like every four weeks though so if it's a weird month or whatever yes. it's gonna be every four weeks on monday
0: as in if it's any other week or any other month than february <laughs> or march because it will be the 25th at the end of 25th because it's february but then after that, it gets crazy. It Gets
1: nuts. Buckle up, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, and but yeah, that's that's the new game plan, guys. Uh, let us know if that's very upsetting to you. But for now, I think we just need to kind of lessen the pace a little bit, ease up. Yes. Um, now, on the, on the topic of our next book, our next book
1: is going to be uh, a long way to, or sorry, the long way to a small angry planet. The
0: long way. Yes. Yes. Um, It's kind of a buzzy sci-fi trilogy. It's by Becky Chambers. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, But very, very well thought of. I haven't actually started it yet, but Peter, so far, is really into it. And I can't stop hearing great recommendations. Yeah, it really is excellent. I've never heard of
1: it until you mentioned it in passing, like, a couple weeks ago, saying we should think about doing this book. And I've actually been loving it. And, guys, we do this every time, but this time it's really different. (laughs) The Audible book is excellent. No, there's lots of... It's actually... We mean it for real this time. It really is like a media experience. There's sound effects in the background. It's produced. Like, it's well done. And it really adds an extra depth to the book. So I do highly recommend, if you already have an Audible account or whatever, or however you get your audiobooks, to go out and get that, unless you already have a book or whatever. uh, Because it is a different experience, and it really helps put you in the story. And it's a uh, rich universe... Some rich characters, and I really can't wait to discuss this in a couple of weeks. Um, yep. If you Same. want to, if you want to try to uh, try Audible out for the first time, you don't have one yet, and you're thinking this is a good time to try. We actually have an Audible link that, if you use, you get two free books, so you can maybe snag uh, this next one and then maybe our past one, and uh, you'll be able to experience the book in a different way. So, if you want to. Uh, do that if you go to our website, which is uh, sci fi sidebarpincastco If you go there, you go to the bottom the page, you see that Amazon referral link. Go down there, you click, you can start a free month of Audible, and that gives you those two free books and all other Audible membership. You don't need uh, to actually pay anything, you can cancel the counter for that. That helps us out with some referral money and, uh, and also helps you out with an extra free book.
0: Yeah. Uh, about those audiobooks if you haven't caught on yet. We do love audiobooks. (laughs) We are very about them. We're about all... You know how we're talking about our busy lives? Yeah. (laughs) Audible has enabled us to keep listening to books at the pace we need to. So, it is a great service. It's pretty fantastic. All All Alright, I
1: think that wraps us up, Cece.
0: Yep, that wraps us up. Um, You guys have a great couple of weeks. Uh, Like I said, please share with friends, like, rate, review, etc. Um... And yeah, this has been Sci-Fi side from the Signifying Nothing Network.
1: A tale told by idiots. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Talk to you next time.